We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Give online therapy a try at BetterHelp.com slash RotoViz and get on your way to being your best self. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Dynasty Cast. I'm Rotoviz Radio. About to my friends over at Blue Wire and BetterHelp. We are in the books of week 11. Week 11 is in the books. We're heading towards week 12, Thanksgiving week, a three-game slate on Thursday. We got a Black Friday game this year, and then our normal slate on Sunday slash Monday. How are you doing today, Dan? You can hear my voice is dying as I speak. <laughs> Now you sound as beautiful as always. Uh, yeah, lo- looking forward to a, a nice little, you know, Thanksgiving feast. Looking forward to talking about some of these uh, with, you know, wonderful quarterbacks that we've been blessed with in the NFL over the last few weeks that definitely deserve starting positions. They they don't, but you know, we don't really have a choice. This is this is uh, like when we had the replacement refs. We're we're getting. I can't. I don't know what's worse, the replacement QBs or the replacement refs. I, I think that the replacement QBs are worse because with the refs, like we knew, okay, they're playing their, themselves out of a job. Like, unfortunately, it, even if Tim Boyle is the worst quarterback ever, it's not <laughs> like they can pull him and bring back Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers still is broken. That that uh, that is very true, um, and I definitely think Tim Boyle is going to be great. Well, in comparison to Zach Wilson. All right, so we will get into the show. We're talking about a couple bad QBs, a couple of good players, maybe. We're going to do who we are thankful for. One rookie, one vet, and one coach. Might have a little little bit of a, a spin on that for you at the end of the show. All right, so we have first, Zach Wilson has been benched. We're all getting to the third string. So we have Tim Boyle at QB1 and Trevor Simeon at QB2 for the New York Jets. Granted, the New York Jets are, are back to losing games, so it might not matter from an NFL perspective. But from a fantasy perspective, I, I did see John Bosch. Uh, so John Bosch, like many of us, is in many, many leagues. And when he searches the All My Leagues tab on my fantasy league for a player, usually you find one or two, oh, this guy has this player, this guy has this player. In all of John Bosch's leagues, and probably in all of your leagues and all of my leagues, Tim Boyle is a free agent, which like means that your league – has to be deep, 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 deep for him not to be on the way for wire. Are you even starting Tim Boyle over like a wide receiver three RB four type? Uh, no, uh, I he will not be making an appearance in any of my lineups. 
I mean, yeah, Zach Wilson is bad, but they're just bridging to Aaron Rodgers coming back and just trying to survive. So they may run the ball 45 times in the next month until, you know, per per game. But Tim Boyle clearly isn't the answer. Maybe maybe it's just to get Trevor Simeon up to, you know, up to speed on the offense because he's very clearly the best option here right now that is healthy, uh, assuming he can go. So if he if he can get, you know, and game strength and and you know, get the playbook and whatever. Tim Boyle will be very quickly out of a job. I mean, uh, it, Eastern Kentucky slash UConn product who threw for like a touchdown in college and like a thousand yards. So, and that was in three seasons. So yeah, he's definitely cut out for the NFL. Uh, yeah, he, he will not be making any, any sort of appearance for me. I will say him playing, as bad as Zach Wilson has been, him playing will provide a window to buy these weapons because it's going to look like the world is ending for New York when we're still just in limbo waiting for Aaron Rodgers to come back and then the inevitable takeover of whoever comes after him. But right now, yeah, no Tim Boyle, no Zach Wilson. I, To be honest with you, I think both of them aren't even worth rostering. Zach Wilson still has some, you know, that draft capital, that that name value, but there is no reason to even have him at this point. Yeah. So I was wondering, like I said, he was available in literally all of John Bosch's leagues. I'm not really rushing to the waiver wire unless like I'm desperate for a QB. Like I'm, I might not have a QB with a later bye week or, or something like that. Like that's the only reason I'm putting any sort of waiver bucks on Tim Boyle, but I'm definitely not unloading the clip. If I have any waiver wire bucks left, I'm trying to make him a one or $2 signing. Um, so do you think it's it's closer to do you think it's Simeon time or do you think it's just they're going to play Boyle until until Rogers comes back? I think they're going to play Boyle until Simeon is ready to go, and then they'll just roll with because Simeon's the only quarterback currently active on that roster that can play quarterback in the NFL. We've seen it. You know, we're not. I'm not saying he's Patrick Mahomes, but he is at the very least serviceable. No matter where he's been, he's he's seemingly always been able to put something together. Uh, so that's best case scenario until Rodgers gets back. But yeah, no, I'm I have zero interest in any of these quarterbacks. I I would maybe consider Simeon if they say hey, next week Trevor's going to start for us for the next month until Aaron comes back. I would consider having Trevor Simeon because you know 15 points from a quarterback, which is probably that you know maybe that ballpark zone that he would get and bring in that might be worth having for a month over trying to start uh, an end of bench wide receiver or RB four or five or whatever it is. So yeah, I'm, I'm out on Boyle, out on Wilson. I would consider Simeon if I only had one quarterback going. All right, let's move on to the Cleveland Browns. Their quarterback situation has been G R O S S gross, uh, whether it be Deshaun Watson or PJ Walker or Dorian Thompson Robinson. Dorian Thompson Robinson did have a shot to start earlier in the season, and it did not go well. He uh, scored 2.5 fantasy points in his start against Baltimore. Got another start um, this past week against Pittsburgh with 8.2 fantasy points. No top 24, obviously, uh, quarterback finishes among those two first two starts on the road of his statics war. 
Um, they did sign Joe Flacco. So do you think Joe Flacco is the Cleveland starter sooner than later? Do you think it's DTR? Do they go back to PJ Walker? Uh, what what are what do you think the status is? If I'm looking, if I if I need a starting quarterback, if I need a starting quarterback that's on the Cleveland Browns, am I going Joe Flacco or am I uh, holding on to DTR? Flacco to me is just a safety net. The Cleveland wants to be able to stay in the playoff picture. The you know obviously they're they're looking very good. That defense is arguably one of the best of all time. They have been absolutely unbelievable. Um, but it's DTR time to be completely honest. If you look at those two starts, he got Baltimore and he got Pittsburgh, two of the other prominent defenses in the NFL. Uh, so him scoring a combined like 10 points between those two games is understandable. Uh, you know, a very, very raw rookie quarterback who has a lot of what you'd like to see in, in a, in a you're kind of that raw type quarterback that you can mold into what you want him to be. Uh, but man, he he looks he looks good out there. He looks comfortable. I, I know not the throws aren't all aren't all there, but it, he's he's one of those like smooth players where it all just looks natural, even though sometimes the decision making might not be great or the play call might not be up his alley. I, I think I think Dorian Thompson Robin. I, I think that he can be something in this league. I just think we're a couple years away from that. He needs the time. He needs to play. And your first two starts coming against two of the best teams in the or two of the best defenses in the NFL is a tough way to bring it in, especially when you know you, you weren't drafted to be playing right now. You you were brought in as a guy that you, hopefully we can develop, hopefully we can turn into something. You know, um, so I, I'm I'm locked in with DTR. I, I'm I'm even considering starting him if my QB two in those leagues is you know moderate to bad. So. Uh, he he's got a chance. I know the the schedule doesn't look super appetizing, but I think Cleveland still has the weapons to keep him valuable. And I think as he gets more comfortable and you know gets those reps under his belt, we'll start to see a little bit more of that fantasy output. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think obviously with the rushing ability does create some sort of fantasy upside with that Browns team, and they you know, have some legitimate players around him with Amari Cooper and, and with uh, Elijah Moore, et cetera, et cetera. So I hope that they stick it with DTR, but I I would not be surprised if they end up going with Flacco for thinking that he has the better chance to like lead them to the playoffs and maybe make some noise in the playoffs. Because as we're seeing it, the AFC playoffs, we thought would be stacked and impossible to get through. It seems like it's getting weaker and weaker by the day. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting, interesting landscape for sure. But um, are you? Is there any guys on on the Browns that that we're chasing weapon wise right now? I, I know it's kind of it's kind of no man's land. You know, it, obviously you have Amari, Elijah Moore has been on the field at least. You know, Nick Chubb's out, but you have Kareem Hunt, you have Jerome Ford, David and Joku. Uh, you know, kind of doing David and Joku things. He, he's he's got getting the targets, especially from DTR. He had 15 targets this week from DTR. Yeah, I mean, if there's one guy that I'm buying at market value at the Cleveland Browns, it's probably just Amari because okay. um, he's the guy who I think is going to score no matter who is at quarterback and who is playing and what system it is, et cetera, et cetera. And Amari Cooper is just one of the best wires in the NFL, and he's probably being priced at a low-end wire receiver too. So, you know, just take the guy who is – has elite level talent that isn't even close to an elite level price. 
Yeah, that his price always surprises me in his rankings, but the I, I think the the perceived value and the actual value are quite different. The guys that have Amari usually aren't willing to move him because they know what they have, whereas the market and the people that are, that are ranking and, and doing all of this, a lot of times they don't have Amari, and they're always undervaluing him. So, um, yeah, I, I too am a Amari Cooper guy. I still think that David Njoku can be a more than serviceable tight end one. Uh, I still think he's definitely in that tight end, you know, top 12 conversation. Uh, Elijah Moore has been hot and cold. I, I want to say he's more than a best ball asset, but that's kind of what he's been thus far. Uh, and maybe not even a good best ball asset just because he only has a, a few double digit points games under his belt. So yeah, honestly, I, I would consider buying DTR right now, just kind of as a long-term bot, a hold, uh, especially if I'm rebuilding for pri- or for what price though, like I, as a guy who has several DTR, I'm not selling him for a third. I'm taking a second at, but I'm taking a second. So I, at, at this point, as a buyer, I think he's worth less than a second, more than a third. Yeah, I think it would have to be one of those later on second round picks, which I know doesn't make sense as like a, a rebuild type buy because you're not going to have that that late second. So I would maybe do, you know, the the early two for DTR and like a future two. I think that might be something that some teams would consider. Uh, but again, it, it, there's an there's still an outside chance he's available on waivers in some places, but um, you know you start lower, maybe offering a a player that is worth about a second, maybe one of these younger wide receivers that hasn't done a ton, uh, or maybe it's it's DTR and a first for Deshaun Watson. <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, I am comfortable buying in that like lo- like late second ish rookie value though. Makes sense. All right, let's talk about a Jaguars duo that woke up before we get into what we're thankful for this season. We have Trevor Lawrence and Calvin Ridley. A lot of the the Jags were on a winning streak, then had a tough game against San Francisco 49ers, which brought a lot of detractors out that he hasn't been good statistically this season. And Calvin Ridley, I I felt like, had been non-existent so far this season. Um, I do have a fun stat for you, though, Dan. Um, through the Rotoviz Game Splits app, one of the first uh, apps that I ever used with Rotoviz. Uh, make sure you get your Rotoviz subscription, uh, RV Radio 2023, 10% discount. Rotoviz Game Splits app, okay? Get Calvin Ridley and Zay Jones have played four games together. In those four games, Calvin Ridley is averaging 20 PPR points per game. And in the six games where they haven't played together, Calvin Ridley is averaging 7.53 points per game. So for some reason, the uh, presence of Zay Jones activates Calvin Ridley. What is your thoughts on that? Well, yeah, you talk about best ball assets. Calvin Ridley might be the the peak of that, and especially if if uh, if they can try to figure out the Zay Jones qualifier. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, four four good games on the season, and everything else has been terrible. Some of that is Trevor Lawrence. A lot of that is Calvin Ridley. Uh, when they don't have what seems like when they don't have the other weapons that aren't just Christian Kirk, when you have the Zay Jones around, uh, it, it can clear the space for Calvin Ridley. They they don't they don't have the the capacity to cover him the same way when you have other weapons to worry about. Because we've also seen Zay Jones go off. We've had Zay, seen Zay Jones have some really great games as well. So I'm still in, you know, in, in that frame of mind where trevor lawrence is just a less good kirk cousins 
And I still don't think Calvin Ridley's really all that great. I, I understand that he's had some success, but his success has entirely relied on other wide receivers being around him. In Atlanta, it was Julio. As soon as Julio left, he sucked. With Zay Jones, for whatever reason, in Jacksonville, they force-fed Christian Kirk for some of those weeks. So I, I don't think he does anything to separate himself from the pack. Um, he's forever going to be on my sell list. He was when he was like wide receiver three in Dynasty. He still is now that he's probably wide receiver 33. There's no way he's wide receiver 33, but you know what I mean. Um, And again, I I think some of that is linked to Trevor Lawrence being not anywhere near as good as we had all hoped or thought. Uh, But Calvin Ridley isn't that guy. He's just a guy, in my opinion. No pun intended either. Yeah, no, I I definitely think that the one takeaway from this game and maybe potentially the spin zone of the Zay Jones thing is if you can sell Calvin Ridley for anything close to that first-round price tag, I would definitely do it. I mean, you could probably sell him for first, you know, in August, September, as that as that uh, hype was crescendoing. Um, and now that it's died down, I'm not sure that's still the case. But looking at uh, Trevor Lawrence here, uh, had his best game of the year with 34.8 PPR points. Not even just his best game. His best game by a long shot. It was his one, two, three, four, fifth game as a QB1. Um, but that's because he did have a bit of a high, like he was more of a high floor, low ceiling play in all the other games this season. Yeah. I mean, I, I still love Trevor Lawrence still selling Calvin Ridley. Nothing really new from this other than I think it, you know, a little bit of sell window for Ridley. Yeah. I think anytime a, a player has a game like that, it, it, whether it's Lawrence or Ridley, I, I think both, both could provide a, a sell opportunity. Um, but yeah, I mean, this game also is the outlier for Lawrence's season otherwise averaging like 16 points per game. And then all of a sudden you throw in a 34 Uh, did have a few QB one weeks in there. Like you mentioned, one of them was a 16.6. So again, an outlier week Um, last week, not great against San Francisco. You look back, obviously KC defense has been playing pretty good all year. Uh, That was like a QB three type week. And then, you know, he's just kind of been a steady 16, 17, 18 point guy. Um, and that'll probably be just kind of what it is if this Jacksonville team is going to have a more balanced attack. They don't need to rely on Trevor to make every single play, every single throw, like maybe it has been the last few years. Um, but going back to Calvin Ridley, I, I don't think people realize that he's rapidly approaching 30 years old. It'll be 29, um, and that'll kind of put him in that that same like Terry McLaurin space, but if we're being honest, I would much rather have Terry McLaurin. Uh, it, you know, Chris Godwin's kind of in that conversation. Amari Cooper is, is 29. You know, all, all of these guys are kind of in that same space. So I, I guess, do you have like a clean preference of Ridley to any of those guys? The Godwins, the McLaurins, the Coopers? Because for me, I very clearly have the other three above Calvin Ridley. All right, let's go into our second half of the show. We have 13 minutes, 13 minutes to talk about what we're thankful for. Before we do that, let's talk about our friends over at BetterHelp. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right. Thank you to our friends over at BetterHelp. What are we thankful for? I, I put this as a topic and it ended up being what you were th- thankful for, Dan. So... <laughs> Who is the rookie you're thankful for, and why are we admitting that he's a dynasty wide receiver one? Well, it's without question Tank Dell. Uh, I spent most of my draft season attempting to trade up into that anywhere from early second to mid-second to late second, depending on where he fell, to get my hands on whatever I could with Tank Dell. Uh, I loved what I saw. You know, The, the undersized bit was really the, the scary part. Um, but he flew up my board and, and he became very, very attainable very, very quickly, as did someone like Rishi Rice, who you could also say I'm thankful for. But I think Tank Dell and C.J. Stroud, that combination has been, uh, I mean, really, really fun to watch. Obviously, uh, you know, the, the the early success always helps and, and really boosts that, that fantasy value, the, the dynasty value. And I still don't think people have caught up on Tank Dell. I really don't. I, I don't know if he's leapfrogging a lot of these big names, but he's like, I would rather have him over Drake London. I'll take him over Brandon Ayuk. I'll yep. take him over Diggs. Uh, I mean, yep. he's so he's kind of that fringe guy but no one has him there yet. And that is starting to become concerning because all he does is produce when he's on the field. And if everything goes well, he's linked to CJ Stroud for three more years. Yeah. And looking at the road of his stat explorer, we have three wide receiver one weeks, two wide receiver two weeks, and the rest have been lower, but also the Texans passing volume was lower over the, over the first few weeks of the season. So that did you know, lower his weekly upside. Um, but yeah, it, it it's very clear that Tank Dell is the wide receiver one in Houston. And I, I've, I've been saying over and over, they're going to draft, they're going to bring in, there's, they're going to bring other weapons, which they might, but I'm less and less convinced that that weapon, whoever they bring in is going to be better than Tank Dell because Tank Dell is showing elite upside. Definitely. And again, it, you know, he's got a rookie quarterback, so there's going to be some weeks where he isn't going to absolutely explode, but looking at three games over 25 points in the first 11 weeks and then a, you attack on another two that you'd be averaging, you know, 19 and a half with. So 
the the big games are there. You know, the the smaller ones I think are to be expected again as a rookie. But these other guys in Houston have been eating too. I just think Tank Dell looks a little bit different than the other guys there. I think the other guys have been very, very good and and really nice compliments to Tank Dell. But, I mean, wide receiver, what, 16 on the season in scoring as a rookie. Jordan Addison just a few spots ahead of him. And, and only in nine games because he missed a game. So this this to me is is one of those um nfl misses on you know obviously draft stock because he should have been taken higher I, I think that was clear i think the size continues to deter people from taking these players that that have all of this ability but then you get someone like zay flowers who gets probably overdrafted but then looks good for a little bit and then disappears uh again jordan addison slightly undersized not as fast as you should be for that size goes early and has produced he he so there's we have a little bit of every scenario but i i think tank dell is definitely in that conversation for a, a wide receiver one spot it'd be fun to see how this all develops um the one that i'm very curious to know from you nathan tank dell or puka nakua tank easily wow okay i, I mean I, I think i'm in the same boat too I, yeah, I just, he, I, Tank has the draft capital, and he also has the quarterback. Like we, we don't know what's happening in Los Angeles with the future of Matthew Stafford or Brett Rippon or a rookie quarterback. Um, so that, and I, I just think that Tank Dell is probably a, a better wide receiver because of the draft capital, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think that that one's that close. Um, I think you would need at least like a late first on top of Nakua to get to, wow. like, like I, I would, I would take. Dell over an early two and a Nikua. Okay. That, I mean, that that's very fair. I, I love that because especially knowing how much St. Dell I have. <laughs> yep. All right. We'll go to what rookie I'm thankful for. Uh, I wanted to say Ty J Spears and I, I, I'm going to say, I'm going to say before <laughs> I get to the one I'm actually thankful for, I, the reason I wanted to say Ty J Spears is he has seen a larger volume than expected as a rookie behind Derrick Henry. He's had at least four targets in seven of 10 games. He's had um, an eight carry game, a seven carry game, at least four carries in, a, in about seven, seven games as well. So it's eight to 10 touches a game. And that is more than you would think from your traditional Derrick Henry backup. We've seen the Darrington Evans of the world. We've seen so many guys sit, sit in that role as Derrick Henry's backup and do nothing. Um, Spears has also been decent when he's been playing, but still not enough to quite be thankful for for the 2023 season. So I will go with the player you mentioned just a bit ago, which was Jordan Addison. Jordan Addison was good when, when Justin Jefferson was on the field, he's been good while Justin Jefferson has been off the field. Uh, he's been a legitimate wide receiver. Like the one disappointing part about Jordan Addison's rookie season is he's shown he's an NFL wide receiver one, but in his situation, he's never going to be an NFL wide receiver one. But I think that's going to bode well for him in the long run because if he's always working against the other team's QB two or corner two, I mean, he should eat constantly, and he did. He, that's that's all he was doing early on, uh, even as a rookie with, you know, being tossed to the wolves right away. He was he's been playing very very well, and now now he's going to deal with you know the the tougher quarterback corner back matchups. Uh, but it sounds like we're getting Justin Jefferson back uh, either this Thanksgiving week or the week after their bye. So it's either this week or in two weeks. 
uh, and we're going to continue to see Jordan Addison do Jordan Addison things. Do you do you feel like Addison has planted himself in that top eight, 10, 12 wide receiver spot? Or do you think he's still kind of working his way in maybe in the like 14 to 16 range? No, I, mean, I just called Tink Dell wide receiver one. I, I think that at minimum, Dell and Addison are, are equal. Um, I, I would lean towards Addison being a, a bump ahead just because I think his upside is a little bit higher. His floor is probably a little bit higher too. So, you know, if I have Dell as a you know, wide receiver 10 to 12, I probably have Jordan Addison as wide receiver 9, nine to 11. Okay. Yeah, and that's that's about where I have Addison as well. I think he's he, he's justifiable in that 8 to 10 range. Uh, but another So because of how this year has gone and they've been polar opposites, Jordan Addison or Garrett Wilson? I, I, I'd lean Garrett. Um, because he's the one there instead of the two. Y- yeah, and just like once he, Garrett Wilson gets any semblance of quarterback, like I don't see Addison, even even if he was alone, I don't see Addison as like a top five NFL wide receiver. I see Garrett Wilson with any sort of semblance of quarterback play as a top five NFL wide receiver. Okay, and then my follow-up, which is probably more relevant because he is the wide receiver two on his team. Uh, Jordan Addison or Jalen Waddle? That one's closer. Um, I'd lean Waddle very slightly, but honestly, I wouldn't fault anyone for flipping it. Yeah, I think those two are about equal, and then I would have Tank Dell a couple of spots behind. But if we're talking about the you know the Dolphins combo versus the rookie combo, uh, you know if it's if it's Waddle and Hill versus Addison and Dell. I think I'm going Addison and Dell, which I, I know sounds crazy because of all the points we're missing out on. But pure fantasy value wise, I think I take take Dell over over Tyreek. I mean, Tyreek's again one of those guys approaching thirty. He's got to stop at some point. All right, so we only have time for our vets or our coach. Which one? Which one do you want to go? Uh, let's just do vets, so we don't have to talk about coaches. All right. <laughs> see you later, Tamika Ryan. See you later, Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera getting fired. So I'm thankful for that. Uh, <laughs> Let's go. I'll do my veteran first. I am oh so thankful for DeAndre Swift. I'm oh so thankful for all of the haters and losers who were saying, oh, he was traded for a fourth round pick. There is no investment in him. He might have a lower floor. All these things I said as, as worries of mine, those worries were wrong. DeAndre Swift is an RB, our Dynasty RB1. DeAndre Swift is an RB1. He's doing all those things with a very, very good offense. Obviously, he didn't do a ton in terms of the Eagles offense didn't do a ton against the Chiefs, but did just enough to win. And DeAndre Swift is the focal point of that offense. So, yeah, all the worries about the low draft capital, the low, the low trade value of DeAndre Swift, they were wrong. They didn't matter. DeAndre Swift, huge this year. Yeah, I think we all knew that the that the ability was always there. It was We were chasing the touches. We were chasing him staying on the field. Uh, which we still haven't gotten fully, but at least we know that the Eagles know he's better than Kenneth Gainwell, which I am thankful for. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it it takes very little eyesight to, to see that. <laughs> well, you know, you, you never know. Some of these guys are are very very questionable. Where where do you have Swift overall RB rankings? Uh, pr- probably eight to ten range. Okay, I to be honest, I actually thought he'd be a little bit higher for you. I, I mean, honestly, I haven't. I, I would have to look at it. Run down, run down the top ten. I'll, I'll tell you where. Okay, uh, Bijan, Brees, no, CMC. No. Uh, slow down. 
Bijan, no. Brees, no. CMC, no. Gibbs? No. Taylor? No. ETN? No. Uh, K9, Kenneth Walker? Yes, I, I take Swift over Walker. HN? Swift. Okay. Yeah, so you, you probably six to eight range. Yep. Uh, maybe, maybe you know, depending on some of the other guys too. But I, I think that's probably the right spot. You think about that offense and, and what it brings to the table and how many points it scores. You got to have them up top. Um, but okay, sorry, I don't mean to keep you. Thankful for well, I spent all off season trading for Amon Ross St. Brown, uh, watching his rookie season, watching his sophomore season. It, it was very clear he kept taking those steps, and now we look at his third season taking a massive step forward. Uh, his his yards per target goes 7.7 as a rookie, 8.0 as a sophomore, up to 9.2 this year. He scored five touchdowns, six touchdowns, and now five already through nine games. The numbers have been only growing, only climbing. Uh, he continues to get better, it seems, every single week. When he plays, he is that guy. I, I think they're... There is a genuine case to be made for Amon Ross St. Brown to be up in the top two, three, four conversation. We might have to have the Amon Ra Jamar Chase conversation pretty soon because he's not gonna he's not gonna surpass just him Justin Jefferson for me, probably ever. But Jamar Chase has been hot and cold all year, been very, very inconsistent. And Amon Ra has been only consistent. I'm taking him over CD. I prefer him to land, uh, to AJ Brown only because of age. If it was not an, an age conversation and we were talking about three years, uh, then it would be AJ Brown for me. But I have Amon Ra firmly as wide receiver three. And I think I was buying at like wide receiver 14. So the return on my investment has been absolutely glorious. Yeah, no, Amon Ra, uh, I think that pretty much he, at this point he's firmly at wide receiver three. I don't have him over Chase uh, because I'm I'm kind of giving the Bengals a pass for 2023. Joe Burrow was never fully healthy. That offense was a mess. Um, and so in, in, even with that being said, Chase still produced on a more variable basis. So uh, I also think that Chase is just a much better wide receiver than, than St. Brown. Not saying that St. Brown's not a great wide receiver, but I think that Chase and Jefferson are just in a league of their own. So – that, those are my final thoughts on being thankful for Monroe. I'm also thankful for him. I have him in a few spots. Um, but I, I didn't go buying because, you know, I'm the hater and loser that still counts, <laughs> uh, talks about draft capital year three into his career. No, no, no. That's that's definitely your gig, though. Um, yeah, no, very, very, very thankful. On, and to be honest, I'm, I'm happy for your guy, DeAndre Swift, to see him finally getting – uh, some some opportunity to to shine bright under under those lovely lovely lights in in Philly, but yeah, we'll we'll see how these guys keep growing and where they rise to by the end of the season. That should do it for this week. We'll talk to you guys next week. Kadosh. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that seventy five percent of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. 
the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.